Okay. All right. Let's see. I feel like I hardly even know you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know what you do. If you have a family yet, you have kids. <laughs> How's the uh, kid? Well, this is awkward. Wait, did you hear my question? I didn't. How's the kid? I don't have a kid. Oh, any, so you don't know about him? Any listeners do not believe what he says. Any family members that may listen to this definitely don't believe what he says. I mean, you know, you should get to know him. I mean, even though you let go, it's it's, it's tough. I know. It's kind of one of those things that you, you have to... I don't know what I'm saying. You know, okay. we have a pretty feature-packed show, given that we haven't been on the air in like a month. We probably are not wasted talking about my illegitimate children. Are you kidding me? Like The drama. I mean, this is just like classic like podcast fodder right here. This we is like something to call that... it as the producer's turn. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a turn of the corner. I mean, this is like revolutionary stuff. I mean, we've kind of downgraded a lot. We are we're doing the... Okay, so there's actually a term for this. Um Apparently it's called a double ender. A double ender. So so John Gruber and uh, Dan Benjamin use the famous double ender, which is you are talking on your end, I talk on my end, and then we put it together. So I feel for like the, this show is basically an ode to Apple and John Gruber. You talk about him all the time. <laughs> I listen to him a lot. I know. I've been following the... Five by five to Mule Radio Saga very closely. I still a big fan. I think actually he's done a lot better with his podcast lately. I think he's doing a lot better on his new show. But um that's that's him and this is us. And yeah, this and is people are gonna say that about us soon because as I like to say, this is weekly download one point one. Yes. But one point one number thirty six. No, sorry. <laughs> it's uh number thirty seven. Well, Already starting off embarrassing. Okay, so weekly download number 37, and this is still sponsored by nobody. So, we're back from my hiatus. We're taking it seriously. Um, who knows where things could lead us, but if you don't care about giving us money, that's cool. Tell your friends. Weekly download is back. Better than ever. Lots of great stuff to talk about. It's summer, but things seem to be moving a lot more. Things are going crazy in the past two weeks. In the past two weeks, in the past month, like I feel like I've been linking to a lot of stuff and you've just been kind of sitting there, but there's been I some good been, stuff. As, as I mentioned in a post earlier today, I haven't really, uh, haven't really even been following the tech world because I was so busy with the move and everything. Yeah. Well, tech world has been moving on without you in Apparently. raging speed. We have yes. literally basically two full pages of linked stuff if you don't count my epic post about windows phone in which we didn't talk about i don't think we talked about it a little bit but not really i believe we talked about part one and part two and you promised part three and i did finish it i saw i did finish it it's actually up at the top of the page i know so you can see number three i actually really enjoyed the uh your review of wwdc i'm sure we'll jump into that in a little while oh yeah yeah i mean we can just start there if you want um i mean it would be fitting to start the show with some apple banter right well okay so for those of you who don't listen this is uh this is typically an episode a show where you know we like to talk about apple we like to you know we know that the company's a great company um, I find it interesting to talk about why Apple is so good and when they're going to break. 
<laughs> and uh, if you've been following the show, you know that I was, you know, really into the ecosystem, and now I've kind of backed out. You can kind of see that with my Windows Phone post, and you can kind of see now of a more of a balance. I think there's a little bit more of a balance of what I talk about. I mean, it's there's some Google over here, there's some acquisitions over here, there's some Microsoft, there's some Apple. I think it's kind of all over the place. I made sure in my first post back, my first link listed article back, to make a reference to Apple. Right. Well, I mean, you did, but it's also about Microsoft. So that post in itself is kind of a microcosm of where this is kind of shifting, where it's a little bit more of a critical approach. So (laughs) if you're looking for something that's like, yeah, Apple's awesome, well, go ahead and read all of the mainstream web. But if you're looking for something a little different, just a little bit of a different perspective, kind of like, you know, open your eyes a little bit, particularly if you care about design in any sort of way, which everyone cares about design, they just don't realize it. And so I think that's what you'd get around here. I think so, yeah. So, WW Steve Jobs do. <laughs> I think you're just grasping at this point. Um, no, I, I think that you were right. This was one of the better Apple keynotes that, I, that I've seen in a while. It was pretty jam-packed, right? I mean, right. like, typically, like, and this is the thing. We've been coming off of WWDC 20... 11 and that one was very blatantly announced hey we're not going to talk about any hardware we're only going to talk about two things of software and one of those things of software we already talked about so the other thing is more new i think that's when they kind of teased mountain lion or did they or is that not it i don't remember. No, that's when they that's when they teased the end of lion because lion came out last july okay okay so, and then they talked about iOS 5 and the iPhone 4S. Like, they didn't say that, but that's what happened after that, right? Right. Okay. So, yeah, the iPhone 4S came out in September, or late September, early October, and they teased iOS 5 back then to release subsequently with it. And, of course, everyone hit the beta servers madly and bitched about it. And, uh, you know, some things never change, pass repeats itself, what have you. Things right. are happening. If you listen to podcast number like, oh, I don't know, 27 through 36, you can hear us at some point ramble about how Siri is terrible. Right. It and it hasn't, and it, well, I mean, it's gotten better in terms of, well, okay, we're jumping around here. We're jumping around. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep myself on track for this one. So, WWDC, there's like, it's a lot of big stuff. It's a lot of stuff happening, but it was a, it was a tale of three keynotes. Um, the first one was sort of a, Hey guys, we're coming out with new computers. Okay, let me get this out of the way. Retina is the thing, and you guys expected it. Here it is. And so, first big announcement. I mean, yes, they did overhaul pretty much their entire MacBook lineup. They didn't really touch any of their iOS, and they didn't touch the Mac Pro, although they did, but they didn't. Um, right. So, it was given a really bad update, the Mac Pro, actually, but it would, much to the chagrin of a few people, but... Um, a very small few. I mean, and uh, surprise, surprise, the 17 incher is gone, right? So, yeah, I mean, now no real top of the surprise line MacBook is the 15 inch model. Um, what I find interesting is that the MacBook Air got a pretty good upgrade for what it's worth a nice year over year upgrade. And if you were using the 2010 model, I mean, man, like, oh, it's gonna this be a screamer, screamer. comparatively. It's, it's, I mean, took the words right out of my mouth. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great machine. I mean, I spoke to you, uh, I spoke. I spoke to your girlfriend. She says you're switching. To the 11-inch, yeah, I think. 
Yeah, so I'm in the same boat. I've got this yeah, 13 inch. I saw where I thought you were trying to offload your 13 inch at a certain place that I won't name names. Right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. And there's all sorts of. That's not the only faculty, but um, um, I I am trying to sell my 13 inch, and uh, it's it's more for the sake. I mean, I'm putting a premium of por- on portability and performance, and the 11 incher seems to pack enough performance where I feel like it's good. It wasn't good when it came out last year. It right. was good, but it wasn't great. So well, now, if you get one with eight gigs of RAM, I mean, that's you're what I—that's what I'm saying. I would probably get one with the eight gigs of RAM and the 2.0 gigahertz processor. And um, see, the thing is, that's really biting me though. The one of the biggest reasons why I wouldn't upgrade is the solid state drive is still so expensive. Right. It's literally—it's a three hundred dollar upgrade to the one twenty eight one that comes stock, which is incredible to me because i thought solid state drives would go down in price over a year but i guess not it's kind of mostly the same so that's kind of a turnoff for me personally just thinking about like if i wanted to upgrade so the only way i would upgrade is if i could sell my old machine but some of us who have more money you know we can get away with it but yeah the biggest news you know obviously the retina display i mean have you seen it yet have you looked at it Uh, i went to an apple store a couple days ago and looked at it yeah yeah so did i actually and uh, what what did you think? Oh, it's nice. I mean, I think it's a little overpriced for what it is. I mean, it's not actually overpriced for what it is, but I have no real use for it, so it would be too much for me. Did you go to a website? Oh, I did. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty nice. I thought. Or did I, you not like it? I mean, I I went to ESPN, and they're kind of media heavy. A lot of pictures, and um, I mean, you can't really tell what's happening there, but. If you zoom in and, you know, take full advantage of being able to read pixel point, you know, sharp text, then you're going to see some very bad looking images. I mean, just abysmally bad. And even when you don't like zoom in, I was looking at it and when you have a MacBook next to it, it kind of looks bad. But sitting at home here on my MacBook Air, I feel like it's really good for what it's worth. I mean, I, I actually really love the resolution of the 13-inch MacBook Air. Like, I think it is the perfect resolution. I mean, this is 1400, right? Why? Right. 1440 by 900. So it's almost 1080p. It's pretty close. So, I mean, 180 pixels. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's you know, it's that's a big difference. But for a guy like me who needs it for basic stuff, I mean, Retina's great, and I think it's going to be a huge deal moving forward. No company is ever going to be able to do this for the next 10 years i mean like i said they haven't even done it for a mobile device yet they haven't gotten close so the fact is is that retina is a big deal in terms of apple supply chain and power in the in the marketplace but in terms of innovation i mean it's a great thing we saw it before we saw it in the ipad couldn't believe it now we have it in the macbook pro but um is it viable it's just a niche thing and this is like the macbook air macbook air came out it was a niche thing people were like oh this is cool but but now it's become a machine like you why would you buy a macbook pro in some ways right like they've effectively really are attacking that middle class area of notebooks where people don't do video editing but they do a little a lot of web browsing but they still need a keyboard i mean that is still like 70 percent of computing a lot of the enterprise will probably appreciate it. I mean, enterprise is already eating up iPads, and we can have the whole consumption versus production debate. Maybe if we have time. I mean, we've had that before. Yeah, 
But uh, now more than ever, um, I think the MacBook Air is becoming a top class machine. It was last year, and in even now, I'm I'd be curious to see what kind of metrics come out and like what people say and how the Retina display is doing. I think it's just a nice experiment, hence why it's priced so ridiculously high. But and I mean, um, it's a it's a great looking machine. Like it's so thin, it's fairly lightweight. But but again, for for eleven or twelve hundred dollars, whatever the entry level thirteen inch MacBook Air is, you're getting something that's a pound and a half thinner or a pound and a half lighter and still thinner. Right. And, I didn't and find it that powerful. I didn't find it that lightweight. Actually, I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, that exact like compared to my MacBook Air, it's not that lightweight at all. Right. So. Then, I mean, so that's the first part of the keynote. And uh, if you just had an event about that, most people would be pretty happy. The second half, uh, second, uh, third of the event was uh, dedicated. I think they did Mountain Lion second, right? Right. So Mountain Lion, you'd already heard about some of the stuff, but there were some key points in there that you hadn't heard about um, up until this point. The first one, well, there's two big ones, I mean, that I've put in there. Uh, the first one is uh, Facebook. I think Facebook having that integration really, really like seals the deal in terms of Facebook being a platform, not necessarily competitive, but I think like the stars had to align in terms of licensing and deals. And that was the one thing that was holding it up for ping and so on and so forth. So now having it baked in the OS pretty much symbolizes the fact that Facebook's not out to fight anyone, but they will dominate every platform. Like, that's the first thing. But the second thing is, like, you know, this is this is the biggest news after their own IPO. So this stands oh, to yeah. really bring some market share in and, and really expose it's, people it's to Facebook. It's baked into Mountain Lion pretty well. Right. Um, have you, you've been using the beta, right? And right. So, it, it just got baked in, though, on the most recent update. Like, oh, okay. they hadn't had it on there before. Okay. Well, I mean, you probably can't talk about it <laughs> on the uh, air, yeah. but um, I'm sure it's great. I mean, it looked great when it demoed. Um, I'd be kind of, if I had one question, it would be, how much do you use it? Uh, I haven't really used my MacBook Air much at all lately, but I, I used it for about five minutes to test out, and that's been the most I've opened my computer in the past probably four or five days. Mm-hmm. because as we discussed before the show i'm uh, currently using a pc for work but that's another story for another time right right so and then the second part of that mountain lion announcement to me was how much stress they put on china i mean there was a lot of talk from mac rumors and other news sites about tim cook going to china and visiting and all of that stuff and it made me think, you know, why? I think part of it was a lot of people were focused on China Telecom and phones and how that would play a role in the future and getting their buy-in. And I think that's definitely true, but you also have to consider, like, they don't really... Uh, they're not really typically the market where they'd buy a high-end notebook unless they saw, like, a huge advantage with it. Right. And with built-in capability in Siri and on the Mac and further Chinese support, you know, across the language board, I think it's huge. It's a big deal. Oh, yeah, deal. They're, they're definitely stepping up their game. It's a big deal. I mean, this is not... I mean, we're we're living in a world of billions and billions of people. We're not just siloed in America. And to be a player in technology means you have to be a global... You have to live in the global marketplace. And Tim Cook appreciates that more than anyone in the world. So... 
it's no doubt in my mind that you know the next decade of Apple will be innovation on other fronts that we can't even think about, but it'll also be like really making sure they solidified the market in areas where frankly, a lot of it's still dominated by legacy technology. So, right. And I think that's something that a lot of people, I I saw reviews where people were complaining or like people at forums were complaining about how, you know, crummy these updates were, but in reality on a global scale, these were huge updates. Exactly. Okay. And then the third part of this keynote as if now you didn't have enough, Scott Forstall, good old Scott, comes out and talks about iOS 6, uh, the next iteration of iOS. iOS 5, to me, has always been kind of this definitive, like, OS. Like, I don't know. When I was using the iPhone, I really didn't think of the things that could be any better. I mean, the glaring absence of anything would be Facebook. I mean, that was a big absence, and now that they've had that in there, and they've actually baked it in really nicely from what I understand. Right, and actually their tap to post button has got me posting more and got me replying to things more. Right, I figured that would be the case. I mean, that's like a really smart move to have it quick, you know, right under your finger. But, um, and there's, there's a lot of other slick interactions in there that they kind of baked in, which is really nice. But there are, there's way bigger news than, I I actually don't think iOS 6 is really the bigger deal as so much as there's three bigger things. Um, The first thing being Siri, I mean, uh, they weren't joking when they said they would double down. I mean, Tim Cook (laughs) had used that phrase like maybe five times in the past, you know, two weeks before and still using it there. Um, But there's some cool stuff. I mean, there's definitely some nice features of Siri that they've really decided to really go deep into like you can call on apps now you can ask for sports scores little things like that that really just sort of chip away more a little bit at this mysterious ice block of what siri is and what it could be what we're kind of expecting but there's still the glaring glaring omission of hey third parties you know can you uh completely open it up to third parties so that maybe they can do some cool stuff with it too but it'll get there i think it'll definitely get there and for now, the ability, like as, as corny as it sounds, the ability to open apps, I mean, is kind of cool. Right, yeah, that that's a nice feature. I mean, I'm not really sure how much I would use it, to be honest, but, um, you know, these are the th- kind of things that time will tell just with usage. But again, I mean, the more s- functionality you add to Siri and the more iPhones you sell, the more slow it gets. I mean, I've been away from an iPhone for now a few months. I mean, have you noticed it better uh, I don't. I don't ever use it to be honest with you. I've used it to launch a couple of apps because I have it on there now, but that's been it. So I mean, I'm using the Lumia 800, as some listeners would know, and it's got a speech dictation in there too. But it's terrible. I mean, it's it's much worse than Siri, relatively. Let's put it that way. It's it works, but it's just not as good. And apparently, Microsoft's recent Windows Phone announcement, which oh my god, that could be another sort of debate we could or talk we could get into, but um. Definitely, they've taken a different approach, which is, hey, third parties, you can do whatever you want with Siri. We're opening it up to you, or their version of Siri, whatever you call it. Microsoft Tell Me, I think it's what it is. Is that what they're calling it? I, I think it's Tell Me. I think it actually is called Tell Me. So, um, yeah, they, they've they've taken a different approach. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Siri uh, improvements really allow for adoption and they can handle the server load. But... Um, that's Siri. The other thing is Maps. I mean, very famously, there were some rumors about Apple ditching Google's Maps and technology and kind of going a completely different direction. I mean, this just sealed the deal. 
They've decided to go with OpenStreetMap, which has uh, been around for some time. Foursquare has been famously using it for a little while. But they've built a lot of uh, information on top of it. I think they had another company that they acquired, and they've built some stuff on it. And they've got the 3D maps, too. So, again, I'm going to have to appeal to your knowledge. Have you been using it? Uh, 3D maps is a little cheesy. Uh, it's not great yet because it's still in beta, so there's not a whole lot to really report on. Um and the map in general, I think it's going to take people who have used iOS for a long time a little while to get used to it, just because the colors and everything has changed so much. Right. I mean, there was this one picture. Have you seen that one picture of, like, which would you rather see? Uh, I haven't seen that, no. There's a, there's a picture floating around, and it had two versions of the same <clears throat> X street on a, in a particular place. I can't remember. Um, one was Apple's version, and one is Siri's version. I mean... Uh, Apple's current version, and then they have Google's version on the right. And there's so much more detail, so much more rich information on the right side, Google's side, and on the left side, it kind of looks like a kind of looks like a hiking map, to be honest. Like kind of like a right. It's it's a little plain, I think, and it's it's the colors are just kind of funky. Just I probably because I'm used to Google Maps and the way it looks. Right. I mean, I've been using it for five years, so it's a little weird to go to something else. Yeah, exactly. I've been using it for that long too. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, Bing is not any better, or or whatever maps in the Windows right. Phone. Big maps in general, I actually think is pretty terrible. Like if you use the actual browser to, like a full size browser to use it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, there are some things that Microsoft, the Windows Phone, has done really well. I mean, particularly drive turn by turn directions, like getting directions to place. That's just so well executed. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. But in terms of you know, looking at the maps and stuff, the, they take forever to render. They're little plain-looking street signs don't come up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm finding the same thing. But again, it's in beta, so it's a little <coughs> bit hard to judge what's, what's actually going to happen with it. Right. And then the third thing, and this is the most intriguing, is probably by far is Passbook. Yeah, um, I've actually been wanting something like Passbook for a very long time. So Passbook is an iOS app. It's not part of iOS 6. It's just an app, but there's a lot of APIs and SDKs that people can use to plug into Passbook. But the idea is, it's, it's a, I, think, I think as I've understood it, it's a play on um, passwords or like passports and checkbooks. So like they took the taking the two things together and kind of combining it in one. So basically any piece of collateral, any anything that's like a physical thing from a company like a card or like a an offer, a coupon or a loyalty card or a, a airline ticket, anything that has a barcode that has like a particular thing mapped to a particular code mapped to you, this passbook puts it all in one place. So it kind of looks like it the UI kind of looks like a a deck of cards kind of folded onto each other. And then you can like push one of the cards down or, or I think you just tap and then you see the particular card. So developers have full access to create their own looking up the cards. Starbucks has their own most interesting. I think in the demo, did you watch the keynote? I did. So in the demo, they demoed uh, American airlines or United. I think it was United. Right. And both uh, these airlines already have check-in apps, but it's, I mean, it's cool that it's big. That you all would be in one. Well, I mean, Scott's Scott's uh, way of putting it was: Would you rather go all the way to the app, dig all the way down, drill in a couple of times, and then 
eventually find your airline ticket and fumble around in line, or would you have rather have one place where you pull out all your passbook passes, find your airline ticket, and then just scan and go? And, and I totally actually, see that. really helpful because have you ever used those mobile boarding passes? No, never. Oh, it's kind of a hassle because every now and then I phone with Delta a few times and use them. And um, sometimes Delta doesn't get resume right, so it takes you right back to the main menu, and you're like ready to get on the plane, and then you're like, oh, hang on, I've got to dig back through the menus to pull my boarding pass back right. up. Right. Yeah, so I think it sounds like a innovative idea on the surface, and then they've taken it a step further, and they've added some cool functionality, so if your gate changes, then it automatically updates the gate within Passbook, or right. it, you know, it, it, there's some location awareness stuff, so when you head over to a Starbucks it automatically pulls out the Starbucks card, you know, and you're just ready to pay from the top. I mean, really nice, interesting context awareness kind of stuff they built into there. But it's a conduit, and it's an interesting, like, you know, it takes you in a different direction. Like, okay, is this the way that Apple's going to break into this mobile payment space? This one, like, holy grail thing that people are still trying to figure out. I mean, I think Square's doing the best job at it by far, probably because mostly their first mover advantage, having that, little thing propagated into the space thinking of your phone as a way as a way to take transactions i mean that's something that nfc technology kind of toyed with for a while that's not come off the ground yet so now instead you have these sort of you know square kind of things the paypal has one i think there's another company out there so apple's saying okay well i mean that's all great but we don't need any of that we just need your phone and it has a unique code and there's still scanners in the world. It still works fine. So if we start doing this, then maybe we could have an iTunes Store one. And if we had an iTunes Store one, maybe that's connected to an Apple bank account. And then maybe I can start using that to start making mobile payments to all sorts of different people. Right? So right. it's, it's hmm. going to be an interesting direction to see how far, how deep that rabbit hole goes. I mean, right now it's kind of some of the obvious stuff, some not so obvious stuff, but the long-term picture of Passbook will be something worth watching. Or maybe it's just going to be another hobby. I mean, it'll just depend. But, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of it. I mean, some of the losers of WWDC, I mean, we, we know that the MacBook Pro kind of got a crappy update. A lot of people talked about the Apple TV. A lot right, there were, I think there were a lot of rumors floating around. We'd see kind of some kind of TV, but... I read a post, and it, the, the headline was, if you want an Apple TV, just look at look in front of you. And so the idea was, if you want a MacBook, then right now uh, it doesn't support it, but Mountain Lion's going to support full display mirroring with your MacBook. So the idea would be you can totally mirror like anything you're watching on your MacBook. Ergo, you can mirror HBO Go, Hulu Plus, all of that stuff. So you don't right. even need it's, it. It's the exact same as I think you can do that with iOS 5 right now. I played around with it for a few minutes on Mountain Lion and my Apple TV. And it's, I mean, it's, like I said, just like iOS 5, basically. Right, right. So it's pretty, is it pretty responsive for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it moves pretty quickly because Wi-Fi is pretty good. Okay. Yeah, and, and I thought that was a cool idea. I mean, I recently bought a Roku player, and I think it's the greatest thing ever. I think it's so cool. The only reason I bought it over at Apple TV is because Apple TV doesn't have Hulu Plus. Yeah, I was in that same boat for a while and then just canceled Hulu Plus because I am, as everyone makes fun of, the typical Apple user. Right. I mean, I just think Hulu Plus is probably the best thing that's happened to TV. And, like, I watch so much TV. So if Apple TV had Hulu Plus, I would buy it in a heartbeat. 
like I'm another gripe, a side gripe here is that Roku player for Comcast doesn't support HBO Go on oh, the Roku player. I can't believe it because like every other provider provides it and Comcast supports online HBO Go, but not through the Roku player. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, what? What? <laughs> a random side note about the Apple TV really fast, though. For those of you who have an Apple TV, public service announcement. If you're eBay users, sell your Apple TV, too, on eBay. It is crazy. The, really? the markup for these. I got $198 out of my Apple TV, too. What? Uh, go on eBay right now, and you'll see. Because the Apple TV 3 can't be jailbroken, and the Apple TV 2 can, and it if you jailbreak, it supports like watching TV channels, and basically you can hack it to illegally run cable basically uh so people are buying these for like two hundred dollars wow you're not kidding around yeah uh, did you just go look it's crazy what I, I just sold mine i see these on uh that one website all the time <laughs> yeah it's it's nuts wow okay so public service announcement if you want an apple tv3 sell your apple tv2 because you can make a lot of money there you go yeah. Making money with Chris. This would be a segment. It may be. I mean, you sell so much stuff anyway. I guess that's true. But time is a waste, and we're getting already to 30 minutes, and we got a lot more to talk about. Okay. So, I mean, this is probably going to be a long show. Right, right. This might be a long show. Uh, well, I mean, the second... there's There's two more things, and they're both Windows-related, so... We'll try. Let's try and wrap them up into one discussion. I mean, they kind of relate. So, what if I told you that Microsoft could actually keep a secret? I'd probably call you a liar, except I just posted an article about it. So, I mean, it was just—it was just unbelievable to me. I couldn't believe it. But basically, um, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. There was a secret announcement from Microsoft sent to a few people and said, hey, guys, I'm not going to tell you where the event is or when it is, but I am going to say we're announcing something really good. So everybody's like, what? It's unheard of. So then the rumor mill started kicking off and there was a lot of leaks. I think one of the biggest leaks was that Xbox um, roadmap, which was oh, interesting. Right, right. Yeah. But um, probably... The most interesting was that none of those leaks were correct. Absolutely none of them. I mean, the Xbox One was kind of on the right idea, but it wasn't to scale as what You've I kind of got to wonder if they if they took a note from Apple even further and that they start giving planned leaks like Apple occasionally is known to do. Huh. You know, like like set people up with information to see what would happen. Maybe. Maybe. So maybe somebody got fired. Maybe. Well, as it turns out, Microsoft has announced that what they've called the Surface. Now, if you are a tech person and you've been kind of following Microsoft for a little while, or you're vaguely familiar with, you know, innovative stuff, but then that's about it, you'll know that Microsoft Surface is something that's been around for, I'd say, five years, four or five years. I think years. it came out in like 2006, actually. Oh, okay. So, like six years ago, then. And uh, you can see one, you know, on your TV. Go to CNN and just watch Wolf Blitzer have a grand all time with this thing. Um, or you can play chess at uh, the Microsoft store if you have one of those in your town. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's only 
One, dude. There's only two of those. No, there's a lot of Microsoft stores now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we have one in Denver. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There's one in Chicago. There's some. There's one in Arizona. I think they've got like 15 now. Oh, interesting. So the surface that that was is no longer the surface that it is now. I think. I think from what I understand, if you if you buy the Windows 8 announcement that's happened literally a week later, as in like yesterday, then you would think that they've been thinking about this for about two or three years. This <laughs> idea. Uh, now I don't know about that, especially when you watch the the uh, keynote. Um, which I haven't gotten to finish all the way, but my impression is that this is kind of something that they've just thought of in the past, like few months. Like, hey guys, the fact is, our OEMs, our manufacturers, aren't going to be able to realize the true vision that we have for Windows 8. Hey, Balmer, what do we do? And Balmer's like, wait, I got it. Let's just do what Apple does. Make and, our own. And make our own. So they they have. Um, announced a tablet a slate if you will if you want to steal samsung's name and uh it's called the surface and it's basically just a 10.2 10 10.1 10.1 10.1 i think yeah 10.1 inch uh tablet it's got usb 3.0 on it it's got a sd card it's basically like a pc flat <laughs> So they've tried to put everything in there. It's got Windows 8. Um, of course, it's got two flavors of Windows 8. It's got Windows 8 RT. You know what RT stands for? Uh, runtime, is that right? There you go, runtime. Not a lot of people know that. I mean, people think I actually. I actually realized that after uh, giving a nice shout-out to uh, Arnold Kim. I saw your reply to him. Ah, yeah, that's right. So... Um, he uh, he uh, he asked about that because he didn't know, and uh, I mean it makes sense. It's not very obvious that it would be runtime, but anyway. So you've got this uh, RT version, which is just the ARM version, and then you've got the Intel version, which is Windows 8 Pro. So apparently, Pro is you know much better than not Pro, and you're therefore saying that the Intel version is superior to ARM, and ARM's going to be ticked. Oops, I dropped something. What the heck? Okay, so those are the two flavors. It doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> I was trying to follow the announcement and trying to understand the differences, but the only difference really is that the Intel version is a little bit more, probably going to be more expensive, probably going to have a little bit more power to it, but uh, for most every case, general use, it's going to be Windows RT, that tablet. So Right, and I, I have a feeling that the Intel version... Not to knock Intel, but it's probably not going to be that good in the sense that it's probably going to have a battery life thing or it's going to be way too heavy or something like that. Right. Definitely could be the case. So, uh, well, when you say way too heavy, I mean it's it's literally 0.5 grams, 0.05 grams or 0.5 grams or something. So, oh, is that the is that the difference? Yeah, it's it's oh, okay. not that it's much. Not that bad. But but then again, I mean, if you buy the Steve Jobs argument that the differences in that at uh, that you know, level when it's already light is pretty tremendous. You'll actually feel the difference. Though I think that's just a reality distortion this, yeah, field. Steve comment. Jobs, uh, right? Being Steve Jobs, right? Oh, let me ask you about that. Do you feel there's a difference between the 11 and 13? Oh, between the 11 inch Air and the 11 and the 13 inch? Yeah. Oh yeah, big difference. Really? Yeah. Do you not think so? God. No, I don't know. I didn't buy one. Oh, I haven't bought one yet. Oh, I thought but I've you been did. In the store and played with them. Oh. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, so two flavors of tablet. 
Um, should be interesting whether this works out. It's kind of an experiment. It's obviously screwed a lot of OEMs out of the deal because, you know, they may have made something. They could have done something. And now they're basically competing against the person that they're licensing the software from. It's kind of weird. It's sort of like the uh, clones, as they called them back in the 90s for Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a little bit different, I guess, because the clones could make much cheaper hardware. But I guess we don't know the price of this Microsoft tablet yet either. Oh, so you're talking about Psystar and stuff? Oh, no, no, no. Like in the 90s, before Steve Jobs came back, there were actually manufacturers that were, um, Gil Emilio actually let manufacturers begin to use OS X. Oh, right, because they it was, really It was a very short-lived that. project. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that was the Surface announcement. And so, you know, I think that, well, and then, okay, we can't talk about the Surface without talking about probably the most interesting innovation is this... Uh, Smart keyboard thing. I don't know what they right. call it. You know what it's called? Uh, I don't know what its technical name is. Okay, so it has a name. I'm sure it's a good one. I'm sure it's very catchy. But uh, the idea is you can take your... First of all, <laughs> first of all, it has a kickstand. It, it doesn't have a kickstand. This, uh, this is an iPad kind of looking device with a kickstand on it. So if you can kind of picture kind of a... It's, it seems like it's thicker when you watch it, but it's actually not, I guess. I guess it's I guess it's thinner than an iPad, but it's got a kickstand on it, so you can stand it up and watch your movies or do whatever. And uh, then it's also got this little accessory that you kind of hitch it on top like a smart cover, and it actually acts as a smart cover until you turn it and orient it in a way that it becomes a keyboard. Now there's two versions of the keyboard, and each version works with each tablet. So you have the full multi-touch keyboard which works for the windows rt version and then you've got the full like clicky keyboard which is i guess multi-touch enabled in some way and that works with the windows pro version so effectively you've got a pc in your hand that can fold out which you don't have to use the surface like full on screen stuff you can actually bring a keyboard with you so, right, I actually am kind of excited for the Surface. I, I think it might be a pretty cool device if it's done right. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. We really can't judge it, you know? Like, I can't, especially the people there couldn't judge it. They weren't actually allowed to play with the keyboard, apparently. So all they got to do was just look at it and kind of fiddle around with the multi-touch one vaguely, but they weren't allowed to play with a demo that was like the clicky one and they were kind of being secretive about it. I mean, there was a lot of flubs with the event. We, there's all sorts of things to talk about with that. But, um, I mean, just get into it. I think there were two times where the device crashed or something got buggy. So, right. And this is just the difference, obviously, that's been pointed out in the blogosphere and whatnot, the difference between an Apple keynote and a Microsoft keynote. I mean, you walk away from an Apple keynote wanting to pull out your wallet, but a Microsoft keynote, you're kind of like, what? Like, what do I do? Even the Windows 8 one, by the way, like, so we can kind of transition to that. The Windows 8 one talks about the next version of their Windows Phone 8 is what I mean What I mean to say. So we just talked about Surface with Windows 8. Now we're talking about Windows Phone 8, if you weren't already confused enough. But Windows Phone 8 is the next iteration of the OS that has reached critical acclaim. I thought this was fascinating. They had one slide or where they said, hey, guys, if you look on Amazon right now, of the top nine best-selling phones, seven of them are Windows phones. Seven of them are probably free. Well, I mean, 
the Lumias are free, but the other ones I don't think are, right? Oh, really? Mm, I don't know. But but still, I mean, highest rated phones. Like, rating sometimes has nothing to do with the price, right? I mean, clearly the iPhone is the example of that. I guess that's true, yeah. I, I You know, even though you may be an Apple fan, I think you got to give them a little credit here because that's impressive to me. I don't know. Seven out of nine, and they have the top three slots, basically. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty impressive. So they've announced their new version of uh, Windows Phone. And, uh, you know, a lot of big changes. Um, they've got a new start screen, uh, and it supposedly allows you to make three different sizes of tiles, and it takes up the whole width of the device. Thank God, because that arrow did nothing. Oh, right I remember you button. complaining about the arrow. Um, I mean, it was a kind of nice like little funky ui animation but after a while it's like man that's all they did this gutter for so i'm glad they got rid of it but uh i wonder what they're going to do now to kind of tell people that there is another pain of it because i don't think it's as obvious i mean i whatever i can go into the whole side to side interaction thing and how that makes no sense like for most phones today but they've gone with it and so now people either have to discover it or they have to be given some cue that there's a whole nother pain of apps so Anyway, that's one thing, and that is, by the way, just to kind of jump into it, the only thing that's coming to the current generation of Windows phones. So everything that I say from here on out is coming to new phones, to brand new Windows phones that haven't even been released yet. So one of them is uh, they've got this innovation with NFC, and they've, they've made their own version of a passbook they call the Wallet. It's uh, got all your loyalty cards and whatnot. I think it's context enabled. So it's about the same deal, basically. And then you've got shared core, which is basically more of a OS-like level, kind of system level, because it uses the same Windows NT kernel. So you can, a developer can create a game for Windows 8 mobile, Windows 8, and then create it for Windows Phone 8 by apparently changing quote-unquote, just a few lines of code. So, yeah, I and that's that. I think that's going to be interesting, and I wonder how well that's actually going to work out. Right, yeah. I mean, if, if, it, if it's really great, then they're going to have massive appeal. I mean, in that announcement, they have 100,000 apps in the App Store. Now, there's obviously some talk about what that really means, because, but in any case, Apple has 650,000. So if you look at the growth between the two platforms, I think Microsoft's on a pretty good pace. I mean, they're not as fast, but they're on a good pace. So if they continue to expand their APIs, really work with developers, then you may see, you know, a few more apps in there kind of really pick up some steam. But that's just going to depend on how the ecosystem works out. I mean, if the Windows 8 bet works, then you're going to see a new way of, you know, you're not going to just see an Apple phone or you know, MacBook in everybody's hands. That's for sure. Right. Um, there were a few more things in the keynote. Uh, I think there's going to be a version of draw something and, uh, which was exciting to me. Thank God. There's going to be some other, uh, big names like Autodesk and a few other people are teaming up to create some, um, cool little APIs and animations, core animation kind of stuff for developers. So, they're going to be pretty happy about that, and I think that's really going to change the game for development for the phone. I think that was pretty much the clear messages. 
we know this is a good platform, so hey, developers, you need to get behind us because this is going to be awesome. I mean, they right. even did in-app purchases in this in next release. So, if you weren't already convinced before, then you got that you're gonna that you're gonna make money. Then you know now's the chance. So, and on the plus side, actually, sarcasm, of course. On the plus side, if you're a Windows Phone user and you love it, you're gonna get to play full price to be able to use Windows Phone Eight. In the sense that you have to, like, assuming that you have a a 900 or something like that, you're kind of in a sticky situation. I mean, I'm not, you know, there are a lot of people complaining about it, but I I have little problem. I mean, as long as there are some, some things, like, some things built into the device that you can still do on both, that they try and squeeze in all of those things, like... Like there are a few more apps that they're releasing for Windows seven point eight, or at least around the same time, like a new new Maps application and a new camera application. I think the camera one's available today. I haven't looked at it yet. So those are all out there, but and and you're gonna get the start screen, and uh, hopefully there's some more stuff. Like one of the things that's bugging me recently is the toast notifications or the push notifications equivalent in Apple. The whole banners, you can change those banners and how they look for every single device, which you can on a Windows phone. So I was hoping that they may be able to do some tweaks on that end and push that to 7.8 users. But even if they don't, you know, I don't think that's going to be a make or break kind of thing. I will be excited by the resolution updates, too. So the other thing about Windows Phone 8 is that it supports 720p phones now. Mm-hmm. So um, there's going to be there's going to be three different resolution sizes. The one that's already there, a 720p version, and I think a bigger one too. So that's going to make new devices look really nice. I think that this Lumia 800 is probably the best in the business when it comes to looking at a Windows 7.5 phone. But with more of a screen resolution support and uh, you know more app development, then you're going to see some cool stuff. And I'm very excited for the holiday season for them and. Uh, I know that since Microsoft and is pretty aggressive with how they uh, market this thing, we might see some really cheap phones out there for people who want to switch. Yeah, I would imagine we'd have to, we'd probably see some cheaper phones, like you said. The only thing, like I, I mean, I see what you're saying about oh, you know, there's seven point eight, but what about for the hardcore Microsoft, uh, like the Windows Phone lovers that are like, oh, I just want the best, and I want you know, I want it now. Like what? What do they do? Well, they're going to upgrade. I mean, any any hardcore user in any space is going to stay with the time. I mean, you you you're going to get a new MacBook. You're going to go guess, get. An I guess I see your point. That's fair. But but at the same time, like the iPhone 3GS, for example, is still going to uh, be iOS 6 compatible, and it came out in 2009. Now to contrast that, Windows Phone 7 didn't even come out until 2010. And none of their devices will be able to run Windows 8 or Windows Phone 8. Right. And, I mean, it just goes back to the whole, like, why they're doing it. I mean, yeah, it is kind of despicable. Like, I mean, but the thing is, if they had called it Windows Phone 8, then you would feel worse than them calling it 7.8 and you knowing that you're not going to get the actual Windows Phone 8. You, because... I feel like right now, people who have iOS 6 soon or iOS 5, but don't have every feature of iOS 5, are feeling a little gypped. I guess that's actually a good point. I hadn't really thought of that. The fact that you get a really fractured, like, 
functionality within the OS. Yeah, it could go two ways. Either you could get the update with some features, and the, those some features work terribly, or you could get an update that is optimized for the experience of the phone that you have. Right. That's a good point. So, uh, so I, yeah, I mean, those are the biggest three things in the past two weeks. I mean, and those are huge. We could definitely spend like two episodes on that. There's a lot of commentary here and there, but, you know, kind of just get our feet wet back into the groove. I think that's that's show. Yeah, I think so. So, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you again soon, likely next week. Yeah, yeah. Same time, same yeah. place. But, uh, okay. Well, huh. see you later. Stop in five seconds. Oh, okay, I guess it is.